Welcome to our show, Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a psychotherapist and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. Each week, I'm joined by another therapist from the Anchor Light team to tackle important topics in mental health and psychotherapy. Our goal is to promote well-being by normalizing mental health challenges. We are here holding ground for you every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. Welcome to Holding Ground. I'm Michelle Mooney, a licensed therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. We are here live every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on 11.50 a.m. KKNW Talk Radio. You can also stream us anytime on the KKNW website or any podcast platform. Um, you can also check out our episodes on our YouTube channel as well. Um, so we're so excited to be back again. Each week we are bringing you fresh topics, exciting guests and co-hosts. So today I'm here with one of our other licensed therapists at Anchor Lake Therapy Collective. She's a couples therapist, EMDR, and so much more. Brenda Gill, welcome back to Holy Ground. Thank you, Michelle. It's exciting to be back and talk about a fresh topic. We hope that our listeners are excited about this today. And so, yes, as you mentioned, please check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn even. Um, and if you like what you hear, please do schedule a complimentary consultation with one of our licensed therapists at anchorlighttherapy.com backslash get started. Great. Thank you. So Brenda, today we're going to talk about a question I think a lot of our clients and people in general can kind of get tripped up on. And that's, how do I know the difference between, am I dating a person? Are we in a relationship? And how to define the distinction between the two of those, right? Do we have a label yet? Do we not have a label yet? So Brenda, can you get us started on how we start to piece this apart, how we break this down? Right, absolutely. So as you mentioned, there there can be some gray area. We want to consider also diversity and personality and things like that. So we'll do our best to address that as well. But we want to identify some of the factors and how they differ between dating relationships and long-term committed relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, this can hopefully help you identify where you're at right now, maybe what you're looking for and what it would look like to move on to the next stage. Um, So first, I just want to touch on some of the benefits of dating and long-term committed relationships. So for dating, um, you know, the benefit is that maybe you don't have a long-term goal, you're focused more on companionship, having fun, you don't really need to be vulnerable with that person just yet. Um, However, you may sacrifice your ability to really be your true self when you're dating someone. However, it's nice to have a companion, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And again, maybe expectations are low, you're just getting to know each other and exploring your compatibility. So those are some benefits. Um, On the other hand, benefits of long-term committed relationships might look like, okay, well, maybe now I've got a partner in crime, right? How do we start to align our lives, um, move towards that shared future? You now have greater consideration for the other. Maybe you're more comfortable uh, in your ability to be vulnerable and being yourself in the relationship. Um, And now your expectations are going to look more like maintaining the relationship, trying to align um, your different personalities, um, and getting a better understanding of your individual experiences in order to strengthen your relationship. So we're going to go into more depth of some of these factors and really outlining some of the differences uh, within that dating and long-term committed relationship. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so the first thing we're going to talk about is how we spend time together in these different contexts. So dating looks a lot like very intentional, planned out dates, right? We tend to be a little bit more formalized. Um, some people can feel like this phase is almost a little bit like an interview or an audition, right? Some people feel like dating is quite awkward. Some people really <laughs> exactly. love it. Um, you know, it's definitely a different experience. It's a very vulnerable experience to be dating. Um, and in terms of spending time together, you spend a lot more time apart than you do together at mm -hmm. this phase, right? So we might go out every Friday night, um, but we're not spending our whole entire weekends together. Mm -hmm. um, and as we move into the relationship phase, we do start to spend more time together and we start to do more casual mundane things, right? So that can look like laying around in our pajamas all day on a Sunday. That can look like, hey, can you help me go to the hardware store, right? I need to run by the post office, you know, mm -hmm. things like like that, our day-to-day -day things, we're starting to integrate more with our um, the time that we're spending together because we are spending more time together and we still have to maintain our lives outside of that, right? So not as much of that, I'm trying to impress you with a fancy dinner or a fun concert, right? So that's really what that looks like, uh, the distinction between the two there. Exactly, Michelle. And also expectations is something to consider. So when you're dating, maybe your expectations revolve more on just, you know, planning the next date. Um, maybe your focus is more on the present again, right? Just maybe you're not thinking about, you know, where are we going to be at within the next three years or five years, maybe even the next year or even less than that, right? You're really focused on the present. Um, the expectation is really just to get to know each other. Um, and at this point, maybe it might be in important to consider how much of a role each other plays when interacting with friends and family or mm -hmm. other social groups, right? Especially right now with the holidays coming up, right? This might be something to explore either independently or together in a conversation uh, to figure out, you know, what, what does it mean to each of you to get invited over to uh, family gatherings, right? Because people could have different definitions for that. For some people, it might just be, hey, I think you're really cool. Come meet my friends, come meet my family. Whereas for others, maybe that means like, oh, oh, wow, this is serious, right? We're, mm -hmm. we're getting to that point. And so it might be helpful to, to talk about some of those expectations um, um, around the, this time of the year if you are in a dating relationship with someone. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big one, right? Mm -hmm. Do I bring my partner? Does my partner even want to go? How much pressure does it feel like for your partner mm -hmm. to meet mom and dad and grandma, right? So like yeah. you're saying, um, talking about these things. Yeah, yeah. And even, you know, even if it weren't the holidays coming up, it's still important to talk about the personal expectations that you have. Uh, maybe as you start dating, you don't have any yet. Maybe you're still, that's part of your dating process is figuring out what you're, what to expect. Um, but it's always as you start to build that picture for yourself, do talk to the other person in order to avoid confusion about your intentions, or especially if you have desires to continue dating other people um, while you're dating them as well. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So then with the relationship expectations, again, we constantly want to check in about these things. And like Brenda's saying, do it early on, right? Because we're very hopping into a relationship where my expectation is I'm in a committed relationship, we're going to build a family, right? We're going to move to North Dakota. 
and then I find out you don't even want to have kids or get married, right? Then we then we kind of missed something there. Mm-hmm. We're not checking in as much, right? So if your expectations don't match on that level of the um, the next step in that commitment, um, you know, pay attention to that. Um, this phase can look like, okay, I'm starting to tell my friends and family about this person, right? Some people hold off until they know, like, this is of substance, right? I don't want to tell mom and then she's going to nag me all the time about my new girlfriend if <laughs> I don't even know if I want to be with her yet. So um, what it looks like for the two of you to be in a serious relationship, do we want to be monogamous? Do we want to have an open relationship? Again, the level of commitment and discussions around that. And then the planning future together piece, right? Are we going to go on vacation next summer? Are we going to move in together? What does that timeline look like for you? And again, I've seen couples in my work uh, with couples, Brenda, where people don't talk about these things until, you know, one person's about to um, dump their lease and thinking they're going to buy a new place together. And the other person has no intention of ever living with anyone ever again. So again, we really need to talk about these things. Um, So the next thing we need to talk about is the level of commitment and how exclusive we are. Exactly. So as I mentioned earlier, when dating, you may be dating multiple people at the same time. So you may not be exclusive at this point. And again, that's a point where it might be important to share that, right? And it's perfectly okay to date multiple people at the same time. We do want to normalize that just to be fair. It would be helpful to talk to um, the people that you're dating and letting them know, right? Mm -hmm. To make sure that that's clear to them. Mm-hmm. Um, again, so a factor that plays into exclusivity is that you're maybe focusing again on short term, right? So commitment might be low, right? Maybe you're again, just trying to learn more about yourself or about the other person. Maybe you're still trying to figure out if there is potential for further commitment at this stage, mm-hmm. trying to figure out if you can develop that sincere love for the person. And again, commitment might be low in the first few months or first few weeks as you're starting to get to know each other. Um, so some examples of, of what I've seen in my work is that um, some people tend to get maybe intentionally or unintentionally get stuck in the dating stage because of past trauma that they've been through, maybe Mm -hmm. past unhealthy relationships, maybe they're going through recovery and they want to take their time easing into a committed relationship. Maybe they're trying to make sure that they can manage potential triggers. Um, But other things that can happen too is that maybe you just have a history of always getting stuck in this dating relationship and you're not sure how to move forward. So mm-hmm. we'll speak to that in a little bit more in, in, in a few minutes here. Um, but a, another example um, I'd like to share is for some people that are trying to recover from past trauma or past unhealthy relationships, they found it helpful to journal as they're starting to date to kind of check in with their emotions and making sure that they're choosing that person from a sincere place of love and care for the individual rather than maybe trying to um, fill some type of void, right? We hear about mm-hmm. those serial daters. Um, mm-hmm. And so journaling, kind of checking in, maybe talking to a therapist could be helpful to help you navigate um, this dating stage if you have a history of of these negative patterns or negative experiences in relationships. Yeah, I definitely see that a lot. The fear piece based on like you're saying past trauma, whether it's from childhood or prior relationships um, can keep people in that dating phase because that feels safer than opening themselves Mm -hmm. up entirely to another person. So they want commitment, but they want that connection, but at arm's length because that's where it feels the most safe. Mm -hmm. So this is 
a really good place to check in with your motivations for yourself by staying in either phase or moving into either phase. So am I staying in dating phase out of fear and maybe missing um, a genuine opportunity, but I'm so frozen that I don't know what to do. So that's a great thing to talk to your therapist about, or am I rushing into the exclusive stage because gosh, I want to make sure I lock this person down. Right. So let's start really doing almost kind of like forced um, exclusive things in a relationship let's start talking about moving in together on the third date that kind of thing right we don't want to go that fast um so again checking in with your motivations um so but in a relationship this is where people and other people other options become a lot less appealing right we want to only focus on the one person um Again, that constructing shared future piece, talking about what that looks like together. Um, you start to have a lot more respect for the other person. Um, you know, what you both really bring to the table, you value that you're willingly choosing to be in that relationship, despite the risk, despite that vulnerability piece, because we know that does have payoff, right? But getting over that hump can be the really scary part. Um, we start to open up more. We start to share more of our story. We have less and anxiety around if I show this person my true colors, right? What I look like in my pajamas on Sundays, but also how I handle, um, you know, traffic and, you know, things like that, how I manage my finances, mm -hmm. all those things, we start to really show more of ourselves and we don't fear it as much because we have a level of trust at this mm -hmm. point. Um, what it means to share our lives together. Do we want marriage? Do we want just a lifelong partnership? Do we not want really any labels at all? We just want to maintain a really committed level of companionship. Um, what um, And really talking about, again, what are your feelings around the relationship and the meaning of the relationship at this stage, checking in on those feelings, right? Is this working for you, right? Do we want to make some next steps? Um, don't just assume that's where all of this becomes really tricky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always tell my clients, you know, look at the relationship as this third entity that you're both mm -hmm. creating, right? Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, speaking in, in relationships that work as a dyad, right? But, you know, that it's this third entity that you want to uh, maintain, right? And so it's important to consider these two perspectives, right? What is it that you want, the expectations? What is it that you're looking for, considering your personal goals and all of that to construct something new together? So exactly all, all that you're sharing, Michelle, definitely speaks to that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so the next factor here that we want to share is, is prioritization. So making your partner a priority. So when you're dating, uh, you know, maybe <laughs> in short, they're likely not a priority at this mm -hmm. point, right? So you're focusing more on your independent needs rather than the relationship or your partner's needs. Um, so this might mean you prioritize family, friends, or career, or maybe even other things above your partner. And so it's going to feel like there's maybe a larger proportion of me rather than we at this stage. Mm -hmm. um, so this might also, so I've, I've, uh, work with clients that talk about accountability. And so sometimes when you're in a dating stage or getting stuck here, it's going to feel like mm, maybe there's some discomfort around being accountable to another person, right? So we like that independence of being able to hang out with whoever we want, or, you know, if a potential job offer comes up that includes a move, then we're more likely to jump on it, right? Because we're not thinking so much about the other partner and their needs and how mm -hmm. this might impact them. And so some people really like that. And that can be something that keeps them um, kind of stuck in this dating stage, even if they'd like to move forward into a committed relationship. 
Um, and then in addition, so, you know, also thinking about people that um, are just looking for a connection, right? Maybe they're not lo looking to build a life together with that person. And so that's going to impact them on a prioritization that they can offer the other person and also just personality differences, right? So if maybe a person doesn't want to be too close, right? Maybe they don't want to be too vulnerable and maybe they're, you know, maybe their desire for availability is, is a little bit lower then that's also going to impact the amount that they can prioritize the other person. Mm -hmm. Right. And again, um, as we keep saying, talking about these things, because this is where hurt feelings can really show up the most, right? Well, why are you spending so much time with other people and not me? If we're not clear about what we're both um, expecting at this stage, um, there will be an opportunity for hurt feelings. Um, so as we move into relationships, how we prioritize one another, you know, we always want to make sure um, that um, the person we're dating adds to our life, but is not our life, right? So we want to still prioritize career, friends, family, but it will be um, to a less, lesser uh, percentage than um, how much time we're spending with our partner, how much time we're considering our partner and making plans together. Um, <clears throat> So we start to do that more with our partner than other areas of our life. And again, not losing sight of those other things. Um, this also looks like a lot more greater effort and, pa and patience and consideration um, as to who our partner is and how we integrate our lives together. So if we have drastically different work schedules, right? being open to that, working around that together. Okay, well, we do have three to five available every Wednesday. Let's try to meet for a late lunch or something like that mm -hmm. where, you know, before it could have been, you know, disc golf with your buddy, right? <laughs> so still do that too. Disc golf is fun. Um, but um, really understanding your partner's habits at this point, their preferences. So that's the piece in couples therapy we really try to focus on is that building the love map. So that's essentially, Brenda, I'm dating you. This is my map to you your inner world. Mm -hmm. This is your favorite thing for lunch. Mm -hmm. This is the thing you hate most on the planet. Um, <laughs> these are your best friends. These are the people that you don't respect, right? I, I know this about you. I want to know this about you. And we just tend to have a lot greater respect and consideration for our partner's needs. We're much more in tune with that. That's where we kind of can start to talk about love languages. Um, but also overall, are your needs being met in the relationship? So um, that's how prioritization shows up at this point. Mm -hmm, exactly. And I do just want to add, you know, we talk a lot with in, in dating or prioritizing, you know, going, planning the next date and all that, but date nights are still important in yes. long-term <laughs> Yeah, don't stop that. So, <laughs> so making sure that you're, you know, making time for that too when possible, right? But that's mm -hmm. part of uh, making your partner a priority, right? Again, maybe it's Wednesday three to five. That's what works for us. Great. And, and planning a date night, right? Mm -hmm. To show that you're, you're both contributing uh, effort into mm -hmm. maintaining that relationship. Yeah, both of you taking a turn with that, planning adventures, going mm -hmm. on adventures, doing all these things that still enrich your relationship, but they're not as like that structured, formal, mm -hmm. getting to know you phase. This, mm -hmm. this is the fun part of sharing mm -hmm. these dates and adventures together. So, um, all right. So Brenda, what about trust and emotional intimacy? Absolutely. Yeah. So when dating, maybe there's not much pressure to be vulnerable here, right? <laughs> Some people might say, uh, right, I feel like maybe I'm performing or I'm still a little bit anxious about showing my true self. Oh, what if they like, you know, learn about this habit? 
Um, and so maybe you can have a deep conversation again. So maybe it depends on personality. If you're really good at just being open and deep, like that may exist in the dating stage, uh, but it might, you know, not go as profound as it would within a long-term committed relationship. Um, so at this stage, maybe the trust and the int emotional intimacy just looks like enough to be able to get to know each other and figure out whether you're compatible. Um, and then when it comes to trust, right, maybe at this point, you're not really sure how much you can rely on the other person and they might not be your go-to um, at, at this stage so far. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And then we can, uh, of course, when we get into more committed relationship, we do cross that line. So that trust piece, right? Can I trust the person? Can I trust my partner with my mo most vulnerable pieces, right? Um, the, the hard things that have happened to me in my life. So take, having a greater willingness to talk about these things that aren't as flashy and fun as we try to advertise when we're dating, right? But this can look like a hard childhood or, you know, how you dropped out of college, but what you've done to turn your life around and the meaning you make around those things. You mentioned um, sobriety earlier, uh, Brenda, right? So mm -hmm. what that was like for you, how did you get out of that place? How can I support you through these things? Mm -hmm. um, things like that. Um, deeper conversations around all kinds of topics. Um, so hopefully we align in a lot of things like our values, right? So that can look like politics and that sort of thing. So let's have a deep conversation about that and the meaning you have around certain policies and, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, historical things, whatever really you two like to talk about, hopefully you do have deeper conversations at this time. Like you said, go to person. So if I'm having a crappy day, is my instinct to um, text my mom or now do I want to text my partner and you know how much again am I integrating them in that can I depend on them for that emotional support so hopefully at this point they're your go-to person um, again uh, creating plans for a shared future um, just being really comfortable showing your entire true self um, and just a greater investment in increasing emotional intimacy so that's the intention to create a deeper emotional um, emotionally intimate relationship mm -hmm. Exactly. And so, you know, let's wrap up a little bit here. And so we've mentioned that there are some areas of overlap, right? So there are some great areas. And again, this might depend on personality, your amount of openness and comfortability with just general vulnerability, um, the comfort that the other person provides when you're having those conversations, even within a dating relationship. So you might see some of that emotional intimacy coming out, mm -hmm. especially as you're kind of starting to transition. Maybe you've been dating for, you know, a few months closer to a year right and so you're might you might start to see some of that overlap I have had some experience with working with couples where uh, maybe one individual is, you know, still trying to figure themselves out. So they still kind of fall more within the dating category, whereas the other is really trying to build a family and is really mm -hmm. into the person. And so mm -hmm. sometimes what happens in these relationships and, and, and for example, in that case, they, you know, breakups might happen, right. As you're still trying to figure out, right. Is this yeah. really the person that I want to be with? Right. Mm -hmm. And so you might see some overlap where, okay, maybe you're, you are living together because you've been trying to work this out for a while right but it might still feel like you know I don't know if I can be completely vulnerable and and, and express the things that are maybe getting in my way to really jumping into a greater commitment with this person so you know that's it's it's, it's common right those patterns of separation or breakups as you're trying to align what it is that you're looking for 
Um, in addition, so we've mentioned uh, long-term committed relationships, but some of these may not be exclusive, especially if it's under mutual agreement. So open relationships or polyamorous relationships, right? So uh, for example, I've worked with a client that was in a long-term relationship and married, and then they've identified with their partner that they both want to work towards an open relationship. But for them, it was really important to make sure that they could strengthen their commitment and make sure that their um, partnership maintained uh, was able to to uh, remain as the main relationship, right? The primary relationship. And so making sure that you're communicating well, um, if you are deciding to open up your relationship or engage in polyamory, um, that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, and so, and actually, you know, engaging those relationships might require that you have more honest and deep communication that you would find in a casual relationship um, in order to respect um, each other's needs. And so that's kind of one example of, of this kind of gray area or overlap that you may see. Right, right. And then the overlap with uh, exclusive relationships and dating, um, this literally looks like um, maybe you want a, a committed relationship, but ultimately you don't want something long-term. Not everyone who is um, dating on a more committed level ultimately wants that long-term piece. Um, so whether that's due to personality, past history, past stressors. So again, asking your the person that you're dating, the person that you're with, what does the future for us look like? We can have a committed phase right now, but does this ultimately we will be together? And of course, we don't know ultimately, right? Endings can happen at any point. So endings happen in the dating phase. They still happen in the committed phase. Um, you know, you might not be again interested in marriage, but still want that exclusivity. So does that look like life partner, that sort of thing? Um, and it really, you know, the dating process helps us determine if we want that long-term commitment. That's what it is going going on, but that can shift back and forth. Um, you know, things like your independent needs still matter. Um, so let's say, Brenna, you really want to move to New York and go and get your doctorate, right? Because, <laughs> and you'll do great. And I'm supporting you in that, but it's still very, very important. So am I doing this on my own, right? Which can look more like dating, or does this person really want to join me in that? Um, and so that could go either way at that point with those big life decisions. So as we end today, Brenda, what are some barriers that keep us again, either in that dating phase, make us, you know, hesitant to enter into that really serious phase? But that does end our episode for today. So again, if you like what you hear, if you are looking to meet with an individual or couples therapist um, with uh, one of our therapists here at Anchor Light Therapy Collective, you can schedule a complimentary 20-minute consultation at anchorlighttherapy.com slash get started. And of course, find us all over social media. We have a lot of great content for you there. Um, yeah, thank you so much. That's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Holding Ground, where you can tune in every Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. Great. Thank you, Brenda. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can hear us here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. I'm Laura Richard, Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. And we'll see you next week.